It went late into the night, but luckily it ended the way we wanted it to as the Phillies come away victorious last night, beating the Arizona Diamondbacks by a score of 7 to three and really uh, just a, a fun night all around. They were in control. The Phillies, uh, for the most part, didn't really make us sweat it too much as uh, just a consistent effort across the board, especially coming off what was such a disappointing game in the last game of the White Sox series. Really, that series in general, incredibly disappointing. Obviously, the whole Roman Quinn fiasco that we talked about yesterday, but um come off that series and to go to the west coast the next day without an off day and and show up was was really nice to see and an uncommon of this phillies team this season we'll dive into it all this is phillies today i'm your host james seltzer it is tuesday august the 6th as it's a lot tougher uh to stay up late when your team doesn't win so thank goodness the phillies are able to make it happen Last night is um it has uh, been a uh, it was a long night last night and uh, nice to see the Phillies close it up right around twelve forty five in the evening, Eastern Standard Time. The Phillies come away with the victory. Hector Neris closes it out. Vincent Velasquez, the star of the game, we'll dive into it all. We'll take a, a look at uh, looking ahead to what's coming up. We'll dove into it a little bit yesterday, but a, a more longer look and of course where the Phillies stand in the standings. As with the win last night, the Cardinals in Los Angeles. The Phillies now in there tied for the first overall wild card spot again, of course. Long way to go, but the Phillies, they stay right in it. And uh, and that is exciting stuff. So uh, let's dive into last night. Corey Dickerson not in the lineup again. He would pinch hit later in the game, but uh, the Phillies playing it very cautious with Corey Dickerson and his groin injury. As, uh, you know, Dickerson's a good player. He's, he's shown up so far when he's played for the Phils, and he's a good hitter, but he um, has struggled to stay on the field. But last night, luckily, the Phillies got going offensively just a little bit enough to get the job done. They uh, go down early, one nothing in the first, but then Vinny settles in. The Phillies put up a run in the second. Scott Kingery, a blast to left field, just a rocket off the bat over the Left field wall. Uh, JT Romito adds an RBI double in the third, and J, uh, Gene Segura a single after that to make it 3 to 1. Segura would have a couple RBI singles. The Diamondbacks would score a run in the third to make it 3 2, but then the Phillies would pull away after that. A Cesar RBI single in the fourth makes it 4 2. Another Segura single, as I mentioned, in the fifth. Roman Quinn, an RBI single in the eighth, and they would tag on a run in the ninth after. The Diamondbacks would score a run in the eighth. But really the story of last night's game was first and foremost, without question, the best start we've seen from Vincent Velasquez in a really long time. Vincent Velasquez went six innings for the first time since April 14th this season, and he actually went seven. Unbelievable. His longest start of the season, uh, you know, we – we joke, and rightfully so, about Vinny's inability to go deep into games. Last night, just a really nice effort. Vinny was um, he was on. And uh, goes seven innings, six hits, only two walks, three strikeouts, two runs allowed. And gave up that run in the first and then really settled in, uh, run in the third, and then just kind of bared down 
and was really um, a really nice outing. And, you know, it's been a good week for Vinny. Maybe not a, a you know, that, that White Sox series and certainly 15-inning game didn't end the way we wanted to. But if there's one person who came out with a, uh, you know, a, a few stories to tell, it was Vinny Velasquez with the throw from left field, the amazing catch, the almost throw from left field again, just a uh, good week for Vinny as Vinny's uh, come through and had a nice bunt tonight as well. Had an outstanding defensive play this uh, last night as well. Um, on a uh, a bunt where uh, runners on first and second, no out bunt, Vinny gets the ball, able to hurl it to third base in time, Kingery over to first for the double play, just an outstanding play all around. Uh, Phillies had a couple nice defensive plays, and the Diamondbacks, conversely, three errors, and we're just kind of a mess. And the Phillies kind of forced them into some errors. Aggressive base running, Real Muto scored basically uh, the last run of the game in the ninth by singling and then stealing second, getting third on an error when he stole second, and then a pass ball scores at uh, home or a wild pitch. And uh, just a uh, uh, really aggressive job there by the Phillies. And they bunted. They had some bunt hits. They were playing a little small ball. Both Roman Quinn and Cesar had bunt hits. Uh, A check swing hit for Bryce Harper at one point. They were kind of nibbling them a little bit. Kingery's homer, the only homer in the game for the Phillies. Otherwise, it was all small ball runs. And they're able to put up a seven spot. And desperately needed. We could say that. Juan Nicasio and uh, Jose Alvarez able to get through the eighth, though Nicasio does give up a run. And then Neris comes in and nails it down in the ninth. It was nice to have Hector back, obviously, after the 15-inning game and having to see Roman Quimvich and you know, Nicasio, Alvarez, that combo, unable to get the job done in that one. But um, it was nice to see him back last night and a big win. Look, there's a Diamondbacks team that is right there with the Phillies in terms of the standings. They are now three and a half back. They were two and a half back heading into last night's game. And it's a team that, from a run differential standpoint, has by far the highest run differential of any of the wild card contenders in the National League. And obviously record is the most important thing, but... Run differential generally proven as a very strong indicator of a team's eventual success or what should be success. And uh, the Diamondbacks, far and away, way better than the Phillies. And yet, uh, Phillies three and a half up and a big win last night. Necessary win as tensions have been getting high. Uh, Look, we talked a lot on WIP yesterday about, you know, Gabe Kapler and the blame and where the blame lies. And, And I think that when you look at this team, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of blame to go around, and I don't think you can um, really say one thing over the other. But what's unbelievable, again, is that they are a wild card team right now. And, and, and it's a really hard kind of dichotomy that we have with this team where we watch them on an every-night basis and they disappoint like they did against the White Sox. And yet they're a playoff team at the moment for, you know, at least a wild card play-in team, if you don't want to qualify that as the true playoffs like some people don't. But um, it's really tough to reconcile at times but um I, I think that when you look at kind of the blame I, I think that first and foremost look uh the players have to execute better I, I don't think there's any question that the offense especially Bryce Harper and JT Romito and a few of these guys just have to do more they have to Romito had a nice big hit with runners on last night had that run manufactured in the ninth starting to heat up a little bit he has played better but I mean, Bryce Harper, and he had a a new stance last night. Harper with the bat off the shoulder and kind of straight up. 
He's shaved. It feels like Harper is trying to do anything he can to get going. But he has to get better. There's no question about it. Offensively, they have to be better. Segura has to be better. Segura is still with some mental miscues in the field as well. He needs to be better. And that is something that just has to happen for this team to get to where they want to be. They need Jay Bruce back. Um, and obviously the pitching staff, you know, the bullpen is what it is at this point with the amount of injuries. When you lose Sir Anthony Dominguez, David Robertson, Tommy Hunter, and Pat Neshek, three of those guys in, in Neshek, Robertson, and Sir Anthony probably coming into the season, the guys who would have been thought as the top three relievers in the pen or the top three guys you can count on. Um, I mean, those are brutal. And then Adam Morgan has been in and out of the lineup. And uh, so it's hard to blame Kapler for that. I do, um, I do think that Gabe... The issues that I've had with Gabe, as I've talked about, is I just, first and foremost, I think he's made some 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 poor tactical decisions. So I think on the most part, he's done a, a pretty good job there. I think the bigger issue has been the culture in the clubhouse and all that stuff and whether people are buying into what he's, what he's doing and what he's saying. I mean, this team has underperformed in big games far too many times this season. They have come out lethargic and gotten beat up too many times this season, and and they really haven't come out and support to fight for their manager, which you would think, you know, look, they're maybe not listening to the radio or anything like that, but they certainly live in Philadelphia. They know the heat their manager has been under. It's unavoidable. And, and uh, you know, it, I think it's somewhat telling that no one's kind of come out and been like, Gabe's the best, we love Gabe, or even just with their play on the field, it hasn't looked like they've really, you know, said, all right, we're going to go out and win it for Gabe. So, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't, that's, a, that's something we don't know. We're not in that locker room. We can't say what goes on, but it definitely does feel like whatever the message is, whatever the accountability is, that it's not necessarily always there because, again, there are too many times where this team underperforms. You know, the, a good team who needs to win those games doesn't lose two or three of the White Sox at home. I, I don't know how else to explain that, especially to come out on Sunday and just get boat raced after losing that 15-inning game, which, again, it's inexcusable to not have a pitcher to pitch in that situation, as we talked about. It just is what it is. It's inexcusable. Uh, and... You lose that game, and then you, you win the next one barely by the skin of your teeth, and then you come out the next day and a, a chance to win the series against a bad team before going on a West Coast trip, and you do that, it's really frustrating. And then they come out last night and they play good baseball. So it's, you know, it's maddening at times because you really don't know what to think or what to do, but ultimately um, the teams that surround them, and we'll dive into it, the teams that are fighting them for the wild garden, you know, there are so many flawed teams that, you know, the Phillies can kind of just hang around and, and be a part of that mix of group of, of teams. But certainly on a, a larger scale, it definitely is frustrating because you know that this team isn't good enough. But um, in terms of where the blame lives look, I think there's blame to go around ultimately. If this team is going to make it, it's not going to be because Gabe manages better. Uh, it, it might be because they buy in and, and fight for Gabe, but more likely it's because these players just play better and they execute better and they, whether for whatever reasons, are, are able to fight and fight hard because they want to win too. You know, they're competitive. And um, so, and look, last night they get it going a little bit. The bats amid. Cesar had a couple hits. Harper had a couple hits. Romuto had a, a big hit in that uh, nice manufacturing of, of run in the uh, – in ninth where he walked and then able to get around the bases. Segura, a couple hits, uh, both RBI hits. Kingery had a couple hits. Hazley, Hazley's a good hitter. I like the way Hazley goes about his business. He's just a smart hitter, able to put the ball to kind of wherever he wants on the field. Really like Hazley. And Roman Quinn with a couple hits. He had 13 hits last night. Still left a few too many runners on base, but 13 hits 
we can work with that. And look, we need more. Bryce Harper, again, there, there are so many players in Major League Baseball right now who have more homers in the 60s that have more. Last I looked before the games yesterday was 62. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look at it today. But, um, I mean, that's that's not acceptable. We need more from Harper. He's, he's better than this. Um, but I think it's going to be a really interesting last, you know, kind of month here is a month and a half, two months as more like two months as they announced it though. Uh, NL wildcard game will be on October 1st. So that's the date where we're staring down and then the NLDS will start after that. So, um, the March to October 1st has begun and this Phillies team has a chance to play on October 1st, which is exciting to think about. And right now, if the season, if it were October 1st today and nothing changed standings wise, they would be playing. And that's exciting to think about. But you also want to see them get themselves into a position where you feel more confident with them going into that playoffs. Like right now, the staff is, look, it's been a big worry all season, as we've talked about. But I think you feel great about Nola right now. Aaron Nola is officially fully back. Uh, looked just awesome again in the series against the White Sox. And then, look, Jason Vargas... Looked pretty good in his first start. You hope he can give you some innings. Drew Smiley has looked great except for one inning. Um, you know, Velasquez, what he did last night. Uh, you know, I can't buy into Velasquez. I've done it too many times. I, I'm done, but you never know. And uh, he's looking better now. And then the Arietta with the bone spurs is gutting things out. So, you know, you don't feel good about that staff for sure. But you certainly feel, I think, a little bit better about it now than you did when Eflin was, was scuffling and Pavetta was scuffling. So, and then the bullpen, you know, again, just mired with the injuries and issues. But I do think that we're seeing that Nick Pavetta could turn out to be a real legitimate weapon in the, like a, a real weapon as he is, um, his stuff just plays there in the pen, you know, the 96, 97, 98 plays and he comes out and he's got fire and energy and his stuff is, is finishing all his pitches and it just seems like it works. It seems like his mentality is really well fit for a reliever, for a out of the pen kind of guy, and he can give you two innings all the time, and maybe three if you really need it. And it's just a real weapon out of the pen. So if Pavetta can be what he's looked like so far and can continue to grow into this type of role, I mean, that could be a big difference for this team as someone you could trust in those late innings, and he could be pitching in big spots for you and big games for you. Um, down the stretch, and, and I think you feel good with him in the pen. So um, while you don't feel great about either of those areas, you feel better than you have in a, in a, in a month or so, which is not saying much. And again, as we always say, it really comes down to the offense and the lineup just, just really starting to go on a run here, and Harper has to be better. Romuto has to be better. Segura has to be better. Bruce has to be back. But there is the talent there to do it. You know, Dickerson's a really good hitter when you add him to the mix. Between, you know, with Kingery playing third, that fills a real offensive void that you had there. And get with a lineup of Kingery in third and Hazley in center and, you know, Jay Bruce or Dickerson in left or, or you know, and Harper in right and Cesar and um, Romuto and, and Hoskins and Segura, that's, that's a lineup they can hit. That's a lineup that should be able to put up some runs. And... Um, you know, it's what's going to have to happen if this team is going to make any sort of real run. And not, you know, again, I, I don't think anyone is fooling themselves into thinking they can beat the Dodgers. 
or anything like that. But if they want to make some noise and get to the playoffs and maybe win a wild card game, it's going to have to be on the backs of, of Aaron Nola and the, and the lineup. And they're just good enough everywhere else to stay in this wild card zone, to stay and keep winning a series, losing a series, staying in the kind of range of where they're at five, six, seven, eight games above 500. Um, and that, that, that's all it's going to take. And I think that's really doable, but the offense has to be the, the catalyst because the rest just isn't good enough. All right, coming up, we will look ahead to what's coming up as well as, uh, we will look at where the Phillies sit specifically in the standings and who's around them and, what that means and uh, and where we see it going coming up a whole lot more as well on Phillies Today. We're coming right back. This is Phillies Today, James Seltzer. Don't go anywhere. We are back, Phillies Today. James Seltzer coming off a nice win against the Diamondbacks last night in Arizona, 59-53 and 53 on the season. Back at it tonight. In Zona, another 940 start. Jake Arietta takes the L against the newly acquired Mike Leak for the Arizona Diamondbacks. That'll be fun. We will dive into what's coming up in just a little bit. But first, as mentioned, a quick look at where the Phillies are at specifically in the standings in the National League right now as the Braves still continue to sit atop the division. The Braves did lose last night, but they are now Six games up on both the Nationals and the Phillies. The Phillies and Nats both at 59 and 53. So um, you're you're not expecting them to catch up to the Braves. But the Phillies and the Nationals right now tied at the top of the wild card standings. As they are the two wild card teams, the St. Louis Cardinals, a half game back after they lose in Los Angeles last night. After that, the Milwaukee Brewers are two games back after that. But then, but then it is the team that, uh, the hottest team in baseball. And I, I, I say that sadly and disappointedly and, uh, really just a, uh, a bummer to think about, but you got to give it to them. The New York Mets have been playing outstanding baseball. There's something like 11 and 1, 12 and 1 in their last 12 or 13 or whatever it is. They've just been winning baseball games, winning, winning, winning. And now all of a sudden they're two and a half back. They're 57 and 56. The Phillies are 59 and 53. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that the New York Mets are back in this. They were dead and buried. And they have gone on a run. And they got a heck of a good pitching staff. And that offense has hit. Pete Alonso, you know. A monstrous rookie season. Jeff McNeil's leading the league and hitting. It's crazy. But yeah, the Mets are there. The Diamondbacks three and a half back. The Giants three and a half back. And then the Reds five and a half. And then you start to get out of it. The Rockies seven. Padres seven and a half and so on and so forth. But um, it's obviously still clustered there. But nice to see the Phillies at the top of the, the food chain as it were. But the Brewers at two back um, have had real issues with their pitching staff injury-wise. Zach Davies just got hurt. Brandon Woodruff's been hurt. He was their best pitcher. Um, so they are, uh, you know, they're they're still there, and they're still a team to worry about. They went to the NLCS last year. Obviously took it to seven games. They're not. Nobody, Christian Yelich, unbelievable, having another MVP season, uh, just outstanding player. So they're not to be taken lightly. The Cardinals half game back, not to be taken lightly, a really talented team all around. Obviously the Nationals tied with the Phillies. Right now, not to be taken lightly, but 
I think the shocker of it all, and again, the Diamondbacks, like I said, they're three and a half back, but when you look at run differential, uh, plus 67 is easily the best of all the teams competing for the wild card. The Nationals are next best at plus 41. The uh, Reds, who are actually not really competing as much, are plus 33. Then the Cardinals at plus 19. The Mets at plus 3. And then um, everyone else, uh, plus 11 for the Cardinals. Then everyone else is uh, is below uh, a negative territory. The Phillies are minus 17. So um, I guess you can't take the Diamondbacks lightly as well. But the New York Mets only being two and a half back uh, of the wild card and really um, cruising along, playing really good baseball as it is uh, It is shocking how good the Mets have been. And they're figuring it out. And uh, they're getting hot at a good time to get hot. So... Um, unexpected, but all of a sudden, four out of the five teams in the NL East are in the wild card chase or in the playoff chase, I should say, as the Braves obviously in the driver's seat for the division. But really unexpected that the Mets have cry, crawled back in it and um, a team that the Phillies have played well again, so that is a good thing. Um, makes the Phillies' wins against them look a little bit better, I suppose. But, uh, man, uh, really unexpected. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and that starts tonight 9:40 Arietta against Mike Leake. Then tomorrow another 9:40 uh, start. Jason Vargas makes his second start as a Philly against Zach Gallen, making his first start as a Diamondback after getting traded from the Marlins. After that, the Phillies will head to San Francisco for a four-game series. 9:45, 10:15, 4:05, 7 o'clock ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Um, so that is another late night a thon for us. But then the Phillies come home. And uh, three against the Cubs. The Cubs in the uh, driver's seat in the NL Central have been playing good baseball, so that's a tough matchup. Then three versus the San Diego Padres. That is nice. The Padres have been struggling lately. The Manny Machado, Bryce Harper Fest will be fun, of course. Then uh, August 20th and 21st, the Phillies will go up to Boston for a two-game set. Then a nice run here as they have three in Miami, then home for three against Pittsburgh, three against the Mets, which looked like they could have been gimmies, starting to seem a little tougher, then four in Cincinnati to start September, then three in New York. Then this is where it gets really tough to end the season as they have four versus Atlanta at home, uh, two at home versus Boston, three in Atlanta, Three in Cleveland, who is a wild card team in the American League, and then five at Washington with the rainout makeup games. Five games in Washington there, and then three at home versus Miami to close out the season. So, um, Philly schedule gets tough at the end. This chunk here, where they have the Giants, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, then the Cubs are tough, but then the Padres, and then the the Red Sox two game series in there. But then after that, the Marlins, the Pirates, the Mets, the Reds, the Mets. Um, that's the stretch. That's the stretch of baseball the Phillies have to win if they want to end up in a wild card spot because it's going to get tough after. They need a touch of leeway. They can't go into it in the same spot because they are playing some tough teams and they just haven't shown up against good teams enough this season to trust that they will. And, man, I know I don't know about you, but I don't want another September collapse. I don't know if I can handle that mentally, emotionally, anything like that. So, this is a huge stretch of baseball, especially this this week. Uh, you know, can't tell you enough. The Phillies have really underperformed on the West Coast under Kapler the last two seasons, and these are both teams. The Diamondbacks and Giants are both teams that are fighting for a wild card spot with the Phillies. The more teams that are there, the tougher it is for the Phillies to 
nibble their way through all that. So the more you can kind of put teams behind you and, and take games like that, the bigger it is. So big series to to here in Arizona and then a big one again in San Francisco. They need to continue to find ways win, to win games and start tonight with Arietta against Mike Leak. And uh, the Phillies can hit up Leak and uh, hopefully Arietta can find uh, just enough to get him through to the pen and, and take it from there. So uh, Kapler not using Pavetta last night, so I'm sure we'll see Pavetta tonight if, if Arietta can get it to him. So uh, either way, monster game tonight. We will be back to talk about it all and more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Philly State right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.